Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi. Jackson. Hello. And Autumn. That's me. And me. That's Nora. You're here. Uh, We read some words this time. We We did. did. Some of them made sentences. The sentences made paragraphs. All of them made sentences, in fact. I'm pretty sure. Other than the titles, I guess? Yeah, Yeah. the titles were fragments of sentences. Um, These chapters were way better than the last, like, handful that we've read. (laughs) So. Yeah, now we've got stuff. Everything's set up, so we can just tell stories. Yeah, um, I'm pulling up the summaries real quick, but the gist is that um, uh, the the Naldor is it the Naldor decide to make a city. Yeah, um, well, one guy. Yeah, Turgon one guy. specifically is like, I need I need my beautiful city like the one that we left behind, uh, and it's got to be in the middle of the fucking like a ring of mountains so no one can get there. People love to build cities no one can get to. Um, yeah. I'm not an expert, but I feel like that's a bad idea. Uh, it, I would like to point out this chapter d- tells you this is the city that lasts the longest of all the cities in this area. So, Well, it, you know who is an expert? Olmo. And he says, this is going to kind of turn bad, but you'll have some heads up. You just got to like leave, like, you know some armor and a shield over here and some guy's gonna come pick him up and give you a warning when your shit's about to get fucked so yes uh y'all have fun with that <laughs> um uh and the city like thrives they're doing really good uh, but most beautiful of all its works is um turgon's daughter who's named uh two names can you remember nope <laughs> idril <laughs> Idril. Idril. And then there's another name that starts with a C. Celebrindal. Celebrindal. I will probably remember Celebrindal better. Because of Celebrimbor? Yeah. Anyway, um... Meanwhile, um, over in Doriath, Galadriel, uh... Classic Lord of the Rings shit happens, because Galadriel speaks to Melian, and Melian is like, Ah, you said these things, but I perceived far more than you said, and I think the Noldor are assholes. (laughs) Um, and just, you know, reiterates, y'all doomed, um, and, um, uh, Morgoth is trying to sow discord, as he always is doing, and so he, um, like, talks to the Sindar about how, um, the Noldor, um, are kinslayers, and et cetera, et cetera, um, yeah, the, specific, the specific thing here is that she talk, She reveals about, like, the Oath of Fionor and the Silmarils and, like, they left of their own accord but were kind of banished because of it, blah, blah, Doesn't mention the part where they were murdering each other. Um, right. Leaves the, that out. The, or the Oath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Círdan talks to Thingol, um, and um, while Galadriel is there... Uh, I forgot that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thingol is kind of pissed off that the Noldor didn't, like, you know, let him know about any of this. Kind of tried to, uh, like, keep it on the down low. Um, and um, it shit's really tense. He talks to Finrod. Finrod is like, hey, it's not like that. I mean, it's like that, but it's not like that. 
And Thingol's like, hey, we're chill, but... Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For you now. You get the fuck out of my house. Your cousins can stay, but they're on fucking notice. <laughs> um, and you can't fucking speak Kenya um, in my in my domain. Yeah, basically. specifically, this creates a, a means by which Sindarin becomes the lingua franca of Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not Middle-earth yet, but Beleriand. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. I'm just skimming this last paragraph of the summary because I thought that's where the chapter ended, but I guess it's not. Um, it's. I don't think there's anything else. We can talk about Meglin now. Sure. Um, <clears throat> you looked like you were about to say something. Or this just, is a fairy tale. This is a fairy tale. It's great. <laughs> We've got Aradel, daughter of Fingolfin, a guy we talked about a million years ago, I'm sure. Um, Her, she is the sister of Turgon in the city of Gondolin. Yeah, which is the city of, that they build in the middle of the Ring of Mountains. Fun, lots of fun words to say. Yeah. And um, she decides one day, she's like, Gondolin's cool and all. But I kind of want to see what's around Gondolin. And Turgon's like, I don't really want you to do that. And she's like, I just want to go see what's out there. And I don't know if it's on her first trip outside of Gondolin or, like, she makes a habit of this. I don't remember this part. But, this the, um, he's like, go, but take some men with you. And so she goes, and then immediately is like, well, you guys go this way. I'm going to go that way. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm like the king's sister, so you can't say no. And so she wanders into a forest, and Aeol, the dark elf, um, the dark elf. This is after apparently. she wanders through the spider realms, right? Because she gets oh, lost yes. immediately and gets yes, caught gets in like the forest of the children of Ungoliant and just has a really bad time. Um, and eventually she winds up in the forest that um, Aeol has dominion over, and he basically is like, well, I'll just like make it so that she has to come see me and then she'll just have to live in my castle and we'll be besties and then she'll be my wife and And then she was and it'll be it'll be like chill that i don't really give her any like you know permission she's famously a person who likes just staying in one place (laughs) the thing about aeol is he was with thingol when he was making doriath and when they put up the girdle of melian he's like fuck this i like freedom and just made his home in like the deepest, darkest part of the forest with the tallest trees where it's night all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, as is being like, they describe him as the dark elf, capital D, capital E, like the most, yeah. one of these guys. And that's why in my head, I was picturing Astos from a stranger of paradise. Yeah, that makes time. sense. That makes sense. Um, and yeah, so like, Aradel doesn't hate this, but she's not super happy about this. Um, and they have a son named Maglin, um, as you might guess. And he grows up and... He can read minds, kind of. Can he? Is that a thing? He yeah. can see, he can sense people's like dispositions and thoughts. He's just very wise. He's like oh, the best, he's it. like both the best and worst parts of both of his parents put together. Real like nightmare child. He'd be a good ship's counselor. No, he would not. <laughs> He's also he can very sense, stoic. He can sense when the uh, other ship is lying, Captain. <laughs> I think they're angry, Captain. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Troy. Um, he's very stoic, and he never lets anyone know what he's actually thinking. And he's very quiet, and he just kind of watches everything. 
and doesn't speak much except for things that he cares really deeply about. Mm-hmm. And one day, um, him and Aradel are like out and about, and he's just like, "Hey, mom, what if we left this forest we both hate?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, that would be great. I would love to leave this forest now." And so they do, and Aol is pissed off, and he gives chase even into the sunlight, which he hates most of all. Um, and he, like, <clears throat> um, they catch him at Gondolin. Well, well, so yeah, so. Um, Meglin is, like, the guard, and, um, Aradel is the guide. I just really like that line, so I wanted to... Um, and they go back to Gondolin, and Turgon is like, Oh, hey, it's been a while. Um, we but... thought you got eaten by spiders. <laughs> um, and Aeol shows up, and, uh, basically, Turgon is like, well, I can't really let you leave because I do need this place to be a secret, but you're a real asshole, so I don't want you to stick around. <laughs> um, and Tur- er, Aeol decides to solve this problem for Turgon by immediately trying to murder his own son. <laughs> um, whereupon they execute Aeol, and with Aeol's, like, dying breath... Um, and what, what happens when he tries to kill his son? Arendelle jumps in front of the javelin oh, that he right. in and gets hit, and the javelin was poisoned. Yes, so Arendelle dies. I totally forgot that part. I'm really good at summarizing. Uh, so they fucking drop Ale off a cliff. Fuck that guy. Yeah, but as this, he's falling... This is Gondolin. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> as he's falling, he's like, same shit's gonna happen to you, Meglin. Ah. And then he dies. Um... And Meglin's like, oh, that's probably nothing to worry about. And then Meglin has many years of being uh, very upset that his cousin doesn't want to fuck him. Uh, right. Yes. And specifically, the book goes out of its way to be like, uh, unlike, I'm pretty sure this is true, unlike Great Britain at the time, cousin, first cousins don't fuck in the elves. <laughs> I think I dimly <laughs> yeah, remember this, that this was allowed, it, a thing was allowed at the time. It says that this is the closest that any two elves have ever been who, like, had any kind of affection like this. Well, very one-sided, worth pointing very out. Very one-sided. I know. Yeah. I hadn't finished my sentence. <laughs> but yes. The no no two elves this closely related had ever thought of this before. Mm-hmm. And the elves thought this was no good. Yeah. I had, and, like, a brief, brief moment where I was like, is that true about the UK? Well, apparently it is still legal in the UK for first cousins to get married. Okay, well, what, crazy. there's a lot of things that are still technically legal. I'm like, where's the cu- culture at on this one? I believe that the UK was, just, like, fucked up till the 80s and everyone was like, yeah, marry your cousin, whatever. Seems like a thing our awful country would do. Um, but I can't look it up because I can't Google, does I, the UK well, think it's okay to marry your cousin? I am on the Wikipedia page for cousin marriage getting me directly on the list. <laughs> I don't know, I use a VPN. <laughs> I am not on a VPN. Um, I can't turn on my VPN in the middle of a, of a podcast recording and Discord call to look up cousin marriage. Anyway. I, be- I believe that it's legal, but damn. Man, our country's so stupid. Idril already doesn't like him, and then she knows that he likes He's got the hots like for her, yeah, and is and she's terrible like, disgusted. Oh, I- 
I extra don't like you now. Yeah. He's like, I extra angst over this. <laughs> I'm sure that will not go bad for everyone involved in well, like 300 years. Of, of this chapter is that thus a seed of evil was sown. Yes. <laughs> um, this is what no cousin marriage does to an MF. <laughs> Finally, yeah, we've I, met the first incel in Lord of the Rings. I thought that more true? books. Is that true? Mm. The first one who deliberately is a problem because, uh, you know, not getting any and wants some. I don't think there's anyone in Lord of the Rings I would describe that way, and this is the first person in Silmaril that's been described that way. I guess that's true. This is the first time that Tolkien's gone to that well. <laughs> Which is like... I- I guess impressed. I mean, it makes sense it's here, right? Because I don't even mean in the modern sense, but like, you think about pantheons of gods, this happens occasionally. Well, yeah, this is, I mean, specifically, this story is about like, because of the strange, um, like, diaspora of the elves, people who should have been in like normal family units are sundered by literally thousands of years and massive life experience because, you know, kingdoms and oceans separated everybody for a long yeah. time. Also, I guess it's not tech like literally true, but Eol isn't not an incel. Oh uh, yeah, he's he is like I mean, like this feels like it's meant to be kind of a riff on like Hades and Persephone, right? Oh mm-hmm. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because there's there is the line about like there was not like it's not like. Aradel was 100% forced to be here and she was No, they specifically are clear that that's not what the situation is. Yeah. But she does, you know, get tired she wanted of it. to be out of Gondolin. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. Here's the thing. I think Meglin's really cool though. Yeah, Meglin's pretty fucking cool though. <laughs> Meglin is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, he is he is basically a, like Tolkien Anakin Skywalker, so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's he's a guy. Get out of the way, Feanor. I could just imagine, like, glowering Hayden Christensen as this guy in uh, Gondolin being like, oh, I want to fuck my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that is basically what's going on here. <laughs> yes. He's doing that and, like, you know, um, the Shadow of the Hedgehog music's playing. <laughs> Um, is that all we've got for uh Mayfield? I just I just like this chapter. I think it's good. Like yeah, yeah. the magical kingdom the where it's always night is cool. Good oh. idea. I think this is the peak so far of this part of the Silmarillion. Yeah, mm. I really liked the first the Ainu Landale and whatever was right after it. Mm. Um but like now that we're in like this part of the Silmarillion, I think I'm just very thankful we finally have like stories with like characters. I appreciate Galadriel almost has dialogue. <laughs> I appreciate that this is a like episode. Yeah. And it feeds into other stuff later, but this part with Aradel and Eol like starts and ends and mm-hmm. we have like a parable here. Mm-hmm. Like this it's a little self-contained chunk to just a little little morsel to carve off on your plate. Elf Bible stuff. Sure. There's like parables and such in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's all I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> cousin oh. marriage. There's That's cousin it. marriage in the Bible. 
Um, is there any Lord of the Rings news this week we want to... No, fuck no. Yeah, there is. There's one bit of bad news. What? What's that? The, um... Uh, the show is uh, being composed by Bam McCreary, which I guess we probably knew, but I've, knew, I've heard we've some talked of the, about this. I've heard some of the songs. They're fucking bad. Hmm. Um, the the Sauron theme just sounds like the God of War theme. Yeah, sure. I'm oh, not... that iconic God of War. Oh. Yeah. You know what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let, uh, let, me, let me get a click like, for you. Uh, because you make that joke and you don't realize what you're setting up. <laughs> Uh, that clip's so fucking funny. This is frowning golem. <laughs> Alright, here it is. It's from eight hours ago. Uh, let me get it to the right chat. Bam, I'm not bam, e- bam, I bam. haven't even seen the Lord of the Rings movies, and I'm still like, oh man, the Lord of the Rings movie soundtrack, though. You know. Mm-hmm. They're just some soundtrack. of the best music that's ever been put in a movie. Straight up. Alright, we're going to listen to this, and I'm going to turn it down... Th- so that it's not drowning y'all out. Yeah, okay. This is nothing. This is. Uh, just give, give it. A, give it a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him doing this stupid thing again, man. Walking. <laughs> Walking. <laughs> the thing I is, soundtracks. This this like goes out of its way to try to evoke the Howard Shore score without ever pulling in a leap motif to save its life. Yes. What? I mean, I don't think they had the rights to the score. Oh, I know, but it's like evoking the ideas without understanding why that score is iconic and good. Like literally, maybe the last great film score. Is hey, that true? Is no, the, no, I'm sure that's not true. But it's like a really iconic one for a very good reason. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like going through my list. What's the last great film score? I mean, and like a, Revenge I mean, of the Sith is after Lord of the Rings. Yes. Okay, I'm not calling this great, but after Lord of the Rings, there is Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. which is iconic. I was also gonna say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I like. I thought of pirates when I thought of this. Yeah, there's definitely like yeah. ones. I'm not saying. Yeah, that. and also there's like, like, there's like the a million. There's a million movies with good soundtracks. I'm not saying, but like the big classic, very famous movie score, right? Is what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure someone will say there's a million small movies with great music, which I believe and I agree. Yeah, but I want a movie that has like great character themes that you can fucking hum. What if there was one character theme? It's not for good enough. Seventeen movies. How would it go? It would probably go like. Uh, fuck, how does it go? <laughs> <laughs> Were you gonna try and do the Avengers theme? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that's the Avengers one, right? Yeah, is that close? I mean, yeah. that's close. That is one part of it, You can listen I guess. to the VoIP yeah. life where me and Jackson do this exact thing. Yeah, we do that this bit. That also sounded like I was doing that one Halo music. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Oh, the, yeah, bum. this is the way the world ends. Man, <laughs> the Halo music is better than the movie music. I always think that the um, the Avengers that one Avengers theme sounds like like somebody heard the Jurassic Park theme like one time like twenty years ago and was like, uh, let me try and do something kind of like that. 
I think instead of like motifs, every character should have an actual two and a half minute vocal song. You want you want yes. the Avengers to be musicals. No, I wanted them to be Ruby. Oh, I, mean, want to be, I, would, you I would much prefer if character songs became a bigger deal. You want to be this. anime, Nora? You can't say that Ruby invented insert songs. I just, I just, you can't <laughs> say that. You can't say that to my face on a podcast. Ruby's doing it because anime does it. <laughs> I agree, it's good. It's fucked up. The MCU doesn't have character songs. Man, a better world. I have not seen any anime with that number of. Multiple songs for a character. Has anyone seen the Spider-Man the one with all the Spider-Men? Do they do like the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man theme when Tobey Maguire's there? Um, mm. I have to imagine they do. They have the rights, right? Like it's all. I, the one I know. thing I know about that um, movie is that when um, Patrick Stewart shows up, they play a riff from the off oh, the nineties X-Men. X-Men well, yeah, because he's he's nineties. He's in the yellow chair, right? Yes. So I have not seen that movie, but what I what I know is that I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how the new Spider-Man is one of their like or maybe the new X-Men or the new not the new X-Men. Either the new Spider-Man or the new Doctor Strange is like, "Oh, it's one of the better like MCU movies they've done in the last couple of years." Um and then also in the same conversation, mention that they play the Danny Elfman, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man theme, and they're like, oh my god, they finally put music in one of these movies. <laughs> I, I, I searched Spider-Man No Way Home, Danny Elfman, and I got a video of someone taking the scene where Tobey Maguire shows up and putting the Danny Elfman score over it, which they didn't do in the movie. They so, must have been talking about Doctor Strange then. Well, the Doctor Strange has, um, has that X-Men thing that Nora said. Yeah, um, there must have been, there must have been something else because I remember them saying, "Oh, it's one of my favorite MCU movies," and also, "Wow, the, all the MCU movies have terrible soundtracks." The the <laughs> other thing, the other thing says that they do apparently use the Danny Elfman theme at some point. It's, it's not in the scene where uh, to- Toby shows up though, so that's weird. I assume it's in the in the fight. Um, I don't know that I could even. I don't. I don't remember what that is. Um, which what what what, what is the the Spider Man Spider Man? You oh, would know it if you heard it. No, no, it's the Spider Man theme. Um, that's the Spider Man theme. I can't. What I just sang. I'm all thrown off now, and so I can't um like hum it for you. But I will play it in our in our headphones, just so you know, because you'll know it when you hear it. All right, we're so done here. Next week we're we're, dun, co- we're covering two chapters of this fucking book. Jackson, shut up. <laughs> I just I just fucking leave. <laughs> no, I need you around because I was going to ask if you wanted to do part of Voip after this. So yay! <laughs> um, that's why I want to wrap this up. Anyway. Tell us more about that. What's that podcast? Where can we listen to it? So you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. I run a podcast on Jackson called Norm Mapping. They'll tell you about that. But if you'd like to pay us money and get premium podcasts, you go to patreon.com slash normapping. <laughs> and for $10 a month, you get VoIP Life every two weeks where we just hang out and goof off. We've had a bunch of guests come through. Nora was on last episode talking about fictional presidents of media. There's a whole diatribe about heroes. It, it was a really good episode. Um, 
I was on talking to Olivia about Xeno games. Um, we just do wild shit. It's dumb. Uh, it's good. Though. Nathan Petrelli wasn't the real president. Nathan Petrelli no. wasn't the real president. Not my president. Well, ontologically, I <laughs> ontologically. <suppose. laughs> um, anyway, that, yeah, you, you should. Uh, if you like to listen to our podcast and give us money, that's a good place to do it. It's a good pod. People like it. Uh, well, you can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com. The free ones. We've got a normal mapping. It's a game club, uh, which is a good podcast. Um, listen to that. This month's normal mapping is going to be good fun. We're playing Survival Kids for the Game Boy Color. And I am complaining all the time because my, my wrist hurts and I want to be, I want to be gamer mode, but I'm physically prevented from being as fully gamer mode as I like to be. <laughs> it's, it's hard out here. Uh, yeah. Autumn. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. You can go to exportodd.io um, to see our Patreon page, which um, is looking very nice lately because I redid a bunch of stuff. I just redid it up. You, you, you made some new art. Buchanan made some <laughs> new art. Um, go to at design by Boo if you want to commission Buchanan for any logos or things like that. I just might. Um, <clears throat> anyway... Um, yeah, I just spent a little time last week making the Patreon page look a little cleaner. Um, I, I fixed a bunch of links that were broken on there, so um, go check that out. Or, you don't need those links to those free feeds. You can just give us a dollar a month and get access to most of the podcasts early. Uh, and then you get it all in one feed. You don't have to worry about, you know, the 800 different free feeds. So, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find the stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. And uh, you can find me on other podcasts that aren't on the um, Export Audio Patreon, like Attention Duelists. ExportAudd.io slash Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Um, where Olivia and I are watching Yu-Gi-Oh, and it's great. We're having a good time. Kaiba is goaded with the sauce. I knew this about him. Um, also what does that on... mean? What does that mean? Don't worry about it. <laughs> No, 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 no. I want you to explain yourself. What the fuck does that mean? It means I've got it with the sauce, Yugi. No, no, no. That doesn't, that's just saying the thing again. What does it mean? Uh, it, well, I mean, he means... It means it, I'm a scrunkly blorbo. <laughs> what the, the fuck does that means, mean? I mean, you know what goaded means, right? Yes. Yeah, with the sauce is just another phrase part of it. It's a superlative. It's a supposed to, like, you know... It's just another little bit to add on. <laughs> this is you're just doing the next epic win. You're just being cringe. I can't imagine from no your meme. Well. Okay, listen. It might be cringe someday, but I don't live in 2042 yet. I live in 2022. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, the whole, I mean, yes, it's it's it, it is. It's that one people entire- in 2042 are going to want to listen to us talk about Lord of the Rings, uh, and they'll be like, well, "Damn, Nor was the cringe." Entire- the entire like genesis of this is like a phrase is an ironic tweet about how we all sound like this, and I then know. why would I know? Now people say it earnestly. <laughs> On December seventeenth, twenty twenty one, Twitter user at Minga tweeted: "Quirked up white boy with a little bit of swag, busted down sexual style. Is he goaded with the sauce? Gaining over seventeen hundred retweets." Um, and history was born. That's all it means. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Seto Kaiba, great guy. He um, is a classic guy. Also on classic guy. Journal updated. 
a game club podcast that you can find at thesecondbestgame.club. We're playing Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm 52 hours in as of this recording. You've so much wow. You've played more uh, Dragon Age Inquisition than I played a Fates Tonight. Well, that's crazy. That is. <laughs> I heard that Nora loves Bioware games. Did anyone else hear that? I heard. Yeah, that. that's what I heard. Nora <laughs> no, loves... Which ones? Which ones did I love? Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh huh. And you told Mass me Effect. this week. You told me this week you were thinking about replaying Andromeda. Yeah, I was saying the Inquisition makes me want to like at least take another look at Andromeda to see like what happened compared to this one. I think you should listen to a little episode of Journal Updated about Mass Effect Andromeda, and maybe there in that like four-hour episode or whatever Ooh, it was. No, the Mass Effect Three is though. That's that's not me anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> you of like a year ago, Tom. No, no, I, 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 you know, I'm on Nora's side with this one. <laughs> but I, I have to, I have to. No, I understand you got a whole podcast about this, but in a, in a short, short amount of time, what do you like about Dragon Dragon Quest Inquisition? I like Dragon Quest Inquisition is a different <laughs> Dragon game. Age Inquisition. Dragon, Fucking, you should play Dragon, Dragon Age Inquisition is just a fun time. It is a RPG. You make a guy. You make choices. Most of those choices just change, like what reward you get at the end of quests and stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. You I, I understand. You're describing what and... it is. Okay, no, I'm. I'm saying, are you here for like? the skyrim part of it and doing we could cool... shut this podcast down and do this exact thing on yep. a different podcast in like 10 minutes if you want you know what let's do that. do that okay <laughs> if you want to hear a that. sneak peek of what journal update is going to be you can give jackson and M $10. we run the stupidest monetization racket that anyone's ever run if, if you want to hear us you, hang out like we do on this show go it, Listen to VoIP Life. It's going to be a preview of a free podcast behind a $10 paywall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is stupid. (laughs) But thank you for doing it. Uh, Yeah. Um, Did everyone plug? I've really lost track of time. Yes, everyone plugged. We're all plugged up. Plug for for Ruin and the Red Dawn. I'm hitting stop. Fuck this.